Welcome to this episode of the Sound of the State podcast from the Illinois Senate Democratic Caucus. I'm Colby Huff. The conversation in this episode is between State Senators Ram Villivalam and Karina Villa, recapping Senator Villa's first year as a member of the Illinois Senate, some of the Senator's accomplishments, what goals she has for her time in this General Assembly as a State Senator, and an opportunity to get to know State Senator Karina Villa a bit more behind the scenes. Senator Villivalam, the floor is yours. Thank you. I appreciate that, and it's great to be with Senator Karina Villa and I am looking forward to this conversation. Really excited that she is part of the Senate, having come over from the House. Wanted to kick it off, Senator Villa, by asking you, you've come over from the House, you've had a couple sessions now in the Senate. What have been some of your most memorable experiences during your first General Assembly in the Senate? You know, I want to start off on a peppy positive note, but I really just need to remind everyone that when a few of us freshmen last year got inaugurated, it was in the midst of the pandemic. And so I remember walking in to the chamber to get sworn in and it was all very somber. We all had to go in section by section. My family was with me, but it was just a few people with me. My mom, my dad, my sister-in-law, brother, and And we walked in in just this somber way to be sworn in. You know, Senator, I had heard in the past about just how beautiful and regal those swearing in ceremonies are in the Senate and how much fun they can really be. But that was the way that we walked in. But it really gave me pause to think about all of our loved ones that we had lost due to the pandemic, our community members who've been suffering, our small businesses who'd been suffering, as well as our students, like our high school students that didn't have prom, our college graduates, first time in their family, first generation college graduates who didn't have commencement. It really did give me pause to really center myself into the work that we were all about to engage in, in making sure to take care of those who were greatly impacted by the pandemic. So kind of a somber start to the conversation, but that's what I remember as the first most impactful moment of coming into the chamber. I don't view it as somber. I think it's real. That's what people were experiencing in our districts, whether it was a high school or college graduation, whether it was being at home, it was that difficult of a time. And maybe hate to say this, but maybe rightfully so, It was another reminder of what our constituents were facing during that time. I was also just curious, given what you said, what were some of the things that you focused on early on, whether it was back in the district or, you know, in terms of legislation, given that we were in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic? I had been a state representative prior to running and winning the state Senate seat. So when I was a state rep, I started these advisory committees in my district. And one of the very active committees was my senior advisory committee. We worked really hard on different pieces of legislation, specifically pertaining to nursing homes and and the treatment of people who were in nursing homes. We worked so hard to pass this legislation, Senate Bill 1633, making sure that the folks in nursing homes were getting the treatment that they deserved. It was tough. It was a heavy lift because there was different people coming to the table with different concerns about the legislation. But my senior advisory committee held steadfast and they were relentless in what they wanted to make sure was in this piece of legislation. And there were moments in which I was kind of thinking, okay, well, this might 
might sound like a good compromise, but I would bring it back to my senior advisory committee and they were like, Senator, that's just not what we're okay with. That's not what we're comfortable with. We want this language in there and this is how we want it to be and bring all of the stakeholders to the table so we can talk it out. These are things that we are just really committed to bringing forth to the community and to this legislation. So when that piece of legislation passed, it was such a big moment. The other part that I was really involved in was the manufacturers. You know, Senator, you and I had lots of conversations about this when I was a state representative and it was the workers that that were going to work on a daily basis while many of us were blessed to be able to stay home and work from home. But the essential workers were having to go into the manufacturing sites and do the work that helped our economy and our households going during the pandemic. And yet some of those workers were not treated in the way that they were supposed to be treated. Some of the manufacturing companies were amazing and were following all of the CDC guidelines and even more above and beyond but many were not. And so I continue to take calls from my constituents and constituents from across the state, actually, in regards to what was happening in those manufacturing facilities. And so those were some of the first things that I worked really hard on as a state senator as it relates to COVID. Those two sound like amazing accomplishments. I think I can say from working with you and being a colleague and a friend, you embody the passion that you just described from your advisory committee members, from the workers in your district that were working on the front lines. And so I think that you should be incredibly proud of those accomplishments because at the end of the day, it is about the constituents and the residents we represent. So I'm so glad that you were able to see those through. And I remember having those conversations about those workers. And to me, it was it's always interesting when we see a lot of these thank you essential worker signs and everyone thanking folks. And I think that's great. That being said, we have to make sure we're passing policies that positively impact those workers' lives and not just saying thank you. And that's exactly what you've been able to do. So it's definitely clear that you've been incredibly busy on the legislative front, on the constituent services front. A little lighter question, what do you enjoy doing in Springfield when you're not at the Capitol. For those that are listening, we're obviously at the Capitol anywhere between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. And then there's events afterwards. That being said, we got to find time to make sure we're de-stressing a little bit and so forth. So what do you do that you enjoy in Springfield when you're not working to get a little de-stress going on? I will say that sometimes we do have a little bit of extra time to get some R&R while we're there, but quite often it goes from session to dinner to just collaborating with different colleagues. As you know, I'm part of the Illinois Legislative Latino Caucus. So oftentimes we just get together to talk about our priorities, what's going on, what bills are coming up, what we need help with, you know, strategy and trying to make sure that our legislation gets passed. So there's a lot that goes on and relationship building is so critical in these spaces, as you know, and the district that I represent is a very Republican district. So my constituents do expect that I work across the aisle and that I build these relationships with representatives and senators who are Republican. And so I do enjoy doing those things, but I do stay at an Airbnb. It's very close to a park. So on those rare occasions where I have a late start, I do like going out and going on long walks because this job does take a hard toll on us. And as often as I can, when the weather permits, I like going on walk down by the park. 
I think all of us, no matter what job you have, however intense it is, there's going to be moments that you need to find a time to clear your head and take a walk or do something that will make you even better at the work that you're doing. So that makes a lot of sense. And you're right, it's rare. You know, when we're down there, we're working, but I do support those walks. I do them myself, to be honest. And I think you hit on another point. You're not only a part of the Illinois Legislative Latino Caucus, you're a co-chair. And you've really led the fight on a number of issues on behalf of the Latino community in the state of Illinois. For those that not know the statistic, I think it's about 17% of the population. Is there a few items that you want to talk about that you all have been able to get across the finish line just this past session? There's so many things in regards to what the Latino Caucus has championed, bringing resources to the community in different ways. One of the ones that I am just so invested in, and it's so critical to folks across the state of Illinois, is expanding Medicaid to 42 and above, regardless of documented status. And that really is very monumental, because when we talk about healthcare and we talk about essential workers, we know that a lot of the folks who are living in this country and in this state are folks who lack the status of being documented in this country. And as a result of that, they're working and they're paying taxes, but they're not being able to access healthcare. And during the pandemic, that was extremely difficult for many, many families. So that's one of the things I'm just so excited to make sure that we continue to champion and continue to expand and that access to folks in the state of Illinois. Some of the other big wins for us is the funding for domestic violence. That's an issue that spans across different demographics. You know, the domestic violence issue doesn't see race, doesn't see cultural background. And so that was really important to many of our caucuses to champion. The earned income tax credit was huge. That was a huge win. And Senator Aquino being the key person who move that forward. There was just so many different wins on behalf of the caucus. Education was another one. There were so many wins in the area of funding education that some of our colleagues, Christina Pesuna-Zayas being one of them, has really taken the lead on. So I am very proud of being the co-chair of the Illinois Legislative Latino Caucus and look forward to working with many other caucuses, including your own center, to move our state forward. Thank you, Senator. I appreciate that. And I will say that as you were outlining, there's just so much that was included in our budget, so much that we were working on and have worked on. It's hard to get to every single item because of the magnitude of the entire budget. For example, the credit rating upgrades and other tax relief and the list really goes on. Illinois uh, immigration line items, you know, budget line item there to help our refugees and immigrants. So I know you as the co-chair of the Latino Caucus have really focused a lot on helping not just the Latino community, but all immigrant communities. So just kudos to you on that. I do want to switch gears a little bit and say we're obviously back in our districts. I know that you're incredibly active. A lot of folks may think that our job is the only legislation However, we have a second component or third component, I would argue, constituent services and outreach. And just as curious, what do you have planned in the district and what do you have going on to best serve your constituents after session? 
Senator, I think that you and I are very similar, that being in district just really fills our souls. And we love every opportunity we have to meet with our constituents and get to hear what's happening in the district, as well as going out and seeing the great work of the different social service agencies. You know, I was a school social worker for 15 years. So anything that has to do with students and education, I am there for it. So I'm very excited about doing all of these different things to help inspire to tomorrow's leaders, but also to keep me grounded and to help me hear and listen what's impacting our constituents right now and see if there's any need for legislative fixes or see if it just is a matter of calling department heads and letting them know what I'm hearing about in the district. Last question I have, as you look back, you know, there's going to be some retirements, there's going to be some changes in the next General Assembly, which I do hope that we are able to celebrate the inauguration to make up for what happened in 2021 for you, Senator. But we're going to have some changes. We're going to have some new people. What advice would you give a new senator based on your experience these past couple of years? I would say, number one, stay grounded with your constituents. Make sure that your constituents are first priority in all the work that you do. Working to make sure that you are bringing stakeholders to the table when it comes to your legislation. The earlier that you do that, the better chance your legislation has of making it across the finish line. Also making sure that you build a solid team in your office. I am so incredibly honored to have some of the most wonderful women working in my state office and also as my legislative assistant in Springfield. Building that staff is so critical because they're your face when you're in Springfield. Your district office is your face to your constituents. And when you're in your district office, your Springfield staff has to represent you in Springfield, right? And it's just so imperative that you find ways to build a strong, strong team around you. And also find a few folks that you're comfortable with asking questions. It's not easy to admit that you don't know things. And for me, it was so critical to be able to have people that I could feel comfortable with picking up the phone and asking the questions. I remember Senator Algie Sims was there for me. He was so amazing, constantly asking if I needed anything. You, Senator, were always there, always willing to answer my text message or my phone call. And, you know, my seatmate, although she was a freshman, she was also there for me through thick and thin. We were thick as thieves. She's such an amazing part of our caucus. And so just being able to find those people that you feel comfortable in saying, hey, I really don't understand this. Can you please help guide me? I think those are just some of my words of wisdom as my freshman year as a senator comes to an end. And your seatmate was Senator Turner? Yes, that is right. I think you hit all the great points about what we all learn as we come in. And I think one of the biggest points is, hey, we don't know everything. We're not experts in every issue. And, you know, I think once people get comfortable with admitting what they do know and admitting what they don't, it really does help them in their job. I always say, if I don't learn something new in my job every day, then I'm doing something wrong. And so I think you hit it spot on. That's all my questions I had for you, Senator. As usual, you knocked it out of the park. And I think people really got some insight as to what you were able to work on and what advice you have. Is there anything else you wanted to add? That's it. I look forward to the summer work and then getting down for veto session. I'll see you then. Me too. See you soon. Bye.